Thinking One Broadcasting Live May 25th Today's quote is somewhat suspect. Looks like he's loosely translated something problematic. This is the word love here. As far as I can see, the only instance of this quote doesn't use the word love. He uses the word patisantara, which for some reason I think we've already had as a quote. I think at some point we had this list of six. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure though. Garawa. We talked about Garawa. Garawa. Right? This time it has the backstory of an angel coming to see the Buddha, telling him that, telling him about these six things, and the Buddha affirming that it's indeed true. Garawata. Six kinds of respect. Garawata comes from the root. The root would be gar, I guess. Guru. I don't know, gar, I guess. It's where the word guru comes from, garu. In Pali, garu means heavy or someone who is, who is uh, important. A teacher, garu is a teacher, a guru. But garu also means heavy. So it means taking something seriously. Garuata means taking something seriously. And there are six things that according to this angel and then according to the Buddha are important for not falling away, for not uh, declining. You know, we want to progress in this life. We want to succeed. We're talking specifically about spirituality, about Buddhism, in the Buddha's teaching, what is it that leads to success? What is it that leads to progress? Now there are these six things. But number six I don't think is as translated. So let's go through them. Sattu Garawata. Sattu means the teacher. So the Buddha. Having respect for and, and taking the Buddha seriously. So... People in, traditionally will take the Buddha so seriously that they make images of the Buddha and they bow down to them and they give offerings. That's how seriously they take the Buddha. Some might argue a little too seriously, but uh, most important is appreciating the Buddha and respecting his enlightenment, respecting his state, his perfection, his greatness. It's important because it keeps you in line with his teachings, you know. It's easy for the mind to get lost, for the mind to lose its way, 
And if you don't take the Buddha seriously, your mind is very easily diverted and uh, caught up by other things. Number two, of course, Dhamma Garavata. Number three, Sangha Garavata. So the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. We should take them seriously. The Dhamma of the Buddha refers to his teachings. We should take them seriously. We should not look lightly upon the meditation practice and the teachings. We should appreciate them. Some people will be so so appreciative that they don't put uh, books about the Buddha's teaching on the floor. Uh, they'll keep them up high and treat the books with respect. And so some might argue that that's not really necessary, and you, sure. But it's all about the sense of respect. And so treating the Buddha and the Dhamma in this way is is useful for cultivating wholesome mind states, respectful mind states, mind states that are conducive to practice, conducive to progress. We, the most important is that we respect the teaching, we appreciate how important it is. Sometimes studying the Buddha's teaching is good because it not just for the knowledge it gives you, but because it gives you a deep respect uh, so that you don't have to doubt what little you know. If you know a lot more, it can help to solidify your practice and, and make it clear the bigger picture. Why are we doing this? Why is it important to let go? Why is, why is it wrong to cling? Sometimes studying is useful, but we could also talk about appreciation of meditation practice taking that seriously. Here I think it just means the teachings, the doctrines. Number three, the Sangha, so appreciating teachers, appreciating enlightened beings, even if they don't teach, just appreciating their enlightenment. You know, appreciating, looking up to someone who you'd like to emulate. When you take them seriously, it becomes uh, easy to emulate them, to follow their, their lead to follow the way that they've gone, follow in their footsteps as well. Number four, Sikha Garavata, the training, taking the training seriously, training in morality, taking the precepts seriously, training in uh, concentration, so taking meditation seriously, and training in uh, wisdom. So taking wisdom seriously in the practice of insight meditation. So it shouldn't be a hobby. This should be something that something that uh, changes your life. It should be a part of your life. Every day meditating, every day being mindful, whatever you do. When you eat, eat mindfully. When you brush your teeth, brush your teeth mindfully. When you use the toilet, use the toilet mindfully. When you lie down to sleep, lie down to sleep mindfully. Take it seriously. Number five, Appamada Garvata. So this is uh, heedfulness. Appamada is a, a trademark teaching of the Buddha. It's very uh, core teaching. It means being mindful, 
being vigilant, being constantly aware, consistent, continuously. If you don't have continuity in your practice, it, it's like two steps forward, one step back. It slows you down, it can even take you backwards if you're not consistent enough. You should try to be vigilant, heedful. Don't lose sight of, the, of what's right, what's good, what's positive. Don't get lost in negative. And number six, patisantara. Patisantara, this problematic word which doesn't mean love. Patisang, pati means specifically, sang means together. They don't really have meaning, but tara, stir, comes from, it says literally spreading before. Patisantara is understood to, to refer to hospitality. There's two kinds of patisantara, amisa patisantara and dhamma patisantara. So they don't have anything to do with love, not directly. And goodwill, perhaps, uh, friendliness, but hospitality is probably the best. Uh, so when you put things out for strangers, one is when someone, so when people come to visit you, being hospitable. It's curious that the Buddha uses this, but it is... It is what keeps the uh, keeps the religion alive, keeps Buddhism alive. Goodwill, so goodwill to others, uh, sharing with others, uh, receiving others hospitable, hospitably. Amisapadisantare is with gifts, with, with physical things. When people need food, giving them food. When people need shelter, giving them shelter, this kind of thing. Dhamma Patisantara means offering the Dhamma, offering teachings, sharing the teachings with others. You don't have to be a teacher to share teachings. You can explain or demonstrate meditation practice just as goodwill, as a, as a gift. As, uh, as a help for others. We're taking that seriously is all of these are said to be important. Uh, the Buddha says, Abambu parihanaya nibbana seva santike. They are not capable of, of uh, fading away. They are close, they are in the presence of nibbana, nibbana seva santike. Things that lead you to Nibbana. So Buddhism sort of has a rap for being fairly dour and serious. And here's more about taking things seriously. But just because you take something seriously doesn't mean you have to be dour or serious. It means you have to be conscientious, I think is a very Buddhist word. Conscientious. Don't be lazy, don't be negligent, don't be flippant or lackadaisical, be conscientious, mindful. These are good words. So, again, I think we've already had this quote somehow. It's very familiar. 
I mean, I know this quote from my own studies, but it seems like we've gone through this recently. Anyway, so that's the Dhamma for this evening. We have questions. People have questions about our site. The site's going to undergo a big change, so let's not, don't worry too much about it yet. Uh, once we change over to the new format, we've got an IT team diligently working on the site. So hopefully that'll all come together this summer. No questions today? No, we don't have to have lots of questions every day. There will be questions. There have been questions. There will be more questions. When the Lord said, Kusalasa Upasampada, was he referring to all good deeds? or the good deeds associated with the Noble Eightfold Path. I mean, I don't know the mind of the Buddha. Um, I would venture that he meant all wholesome deeds, because Buddhas do teach that which is not directly related to the Eightfold Noble Path. Not directly. Of course, you could argue that all good deeds are supportive of the Eightfold Noble Path. So I would say uh, it's more like, more in that case. Buddhas teach things that are supportive, but not directly a part of the Eightfold Noble Path. I mean, charity is not in the Eightfold Noble Path, but it is supportive of the Eightfold Noble Path. And Buddhas do teach it. So, on the other hand, the word upasampada, you could argue, uh, means referring to the, it's not just saying uh, perform wholesome deeds, it's saying get to the pinnacle, get to the, high, the highest, become, become complete, become full. And so there it's actually, it's actually specifically referring to the Eightfold Noble Path, I would say. Which difficult questions you give me. Yeah, good, keep me on my toes. And you talk about restraint. How much and in what way should one restrain oneself? Hmm. There's a good quote of the Buddha that I'm can't remember exactly where it is. Mahasi Sayada talks about it. Uh, restraint, sanyata is restraint, or it's one word. Sang, sangyata, sanyama. Yama means, sanyama, sanyama means restraint. Restraint. Uh, you restrain the hands. Restraint of the feet, restraint of the body, of the self, uh, all kinds of restraint are good. 
So there are different kinds. He talks about the five things, the five sorts of restraints. Restraint through morality, restraint through effort, restraint through knowledge, restraint through mindfulness, and restraint through wisdom. I think those are the five. So there are different kinds of restraint. Now, most res the word restraint kind of implies forcing, right? but that's not really it. You think of these five, you restrain yourself in different ways, with morality, with just by, and that's kind of forcing. So that's kind of the, the coarsest way, just uh, saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do that. Um, but then, so with effort, um, maybe somehow related, morality and effort. But effort can also refer to the effort in meditation. So if you work hard in like samatha meditation, I think it's effort. I'm actually can't right remember. Virya, Virya Sangwara, I think. Yeah, with knowledge. No, it's not knowledge. Jnana Sangwara. So it's not Panya, it's not the fifth one. There's five of them. Can't remember them all. Should know them. Um, with mindfulness is probably the most important. So not exactly forcing yourself, but um, straightening your mind. So when the mind is, when the mind experiences something, see it clearly. When you feel pain and you say to yourself, pain, pain, you're restraining yourself in the sense of you're diverting your attention not to the reactions, you know, the, what the mind thinks of it, but by fixing on the actual experience itself. So that restrains the mind in the sense that it keeps the mind from getting upset about the pain or attached to things we enjoyable things and so. Sabbe, where is Sabbe? Sabbe, kusala, sabba pasa karanam kusala sampada. Sabbe, sabba. Sabba is for the first line. I don't understand. I mean, it's in contrast with, with Papa. Papa means evil. So Kusala is, is any good. Upasampada could imply all, you know, be full, do all kinds of good. Don't be afraid of Punya. Which is kusala. During walking meditation, sometimes we hear some joints making popping sounds out of nowhere. Why does that hearing arise? I don't have any take on that. That's the body. I have to talk to someone who knows stuff about bones. I believe it's gas releasing in the body. You're thinking philosophically, why does that, what is the karma that leads to that? Uh, this is very complicated. It's the karma of being a human. We've put together this very complex being that has lots of complex things happen to it, including our joints popping. It's just part of being human. Perhaps we're going to have to close that window when we record. No, it's okay. Next time. It's unfortunate because it's so hot up here. 
Why does the mind go to the ear? Well, the mind is not focused. The mind is, it's the, the nature of the mind. When there's an experience, it is drawn to the experience. The, technically, in Bayabhidhamma, it's all um, cause and effect. So there's it's resultant. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking, they are the results of of karma, of the of, of they're related to things that happened in the past. Buddhism, we're not so concerned about why it's happening, we're concerned about what is happening, the nature of what is happening. Because it's not who cares why if it is happening, that's the the issue. And of course the popping isn't an, isn't the problem, but the issue is how you react to it. That's what's really important. It's important that we learn how we react to these things. Does it frustrate you? Do you feel curious? Do you wonder why you're the popping? Well, that wondering, that's what we want to learn about. Is that good? Is that bad? Is that problematic? Is that the best way to use my, my mental attention, my mental power? That's what we're focused on. That's what's important. The why isn't such a big deal. Okay, no more questions, then good night, everyone. See you next time.